Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker, emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER with support from Macquarie University. Today, I'm joined by Jeva, an up-and-coming pop prince homegrown here in Sydney, and I believe you have a brand new EP coming out soon. Yes, an EP. Coming very soon. Now, I just wanted to get into things to start because just before we came on the line, you corrected me at my pronunciation of Java uh, because I'd said Java because he got a nice little umlaut over the top <laughs> and everyone has a different opinion on how to pronounce, you know, those little accent ticks on various, you know, why pick it? Why make such a confusing mess for everyone reading your name, Java? I, I really just wanted to look cool. You know, that's what it was <laughs> at the end of the day. I wanted Fair to enough look cool. Too. And, you know, I had the... I had the approval of um, a Hungarian friend of mine who is actually my producer, who produces the tracks, but he said that in his language, that E with the umlaut specifically uh, is pronounced like air as well, so I'd be fine, but mm-hmm. uh, there must be, look, it's it's up for interpretation, but it's frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, you take <laughs> one, one second listening to any French person pronounce vowels and you're like, is that even the same alphabet you're using right there? Ah, I've I've tried to disclaim it. I don't know. Maybe I should just put a disclaimer everywhere. But even I tried, <laughs> I tried to do like J E H dash V A, but people would just think that is J Java, and I'm like no. And so now I need. I think I need to do like Jeff or Jeffrey or Jeff or Jeremy or Jeff or like you know like that kind of. Vibe. That's right. All you need to do is just get enough clout that people will correct other people for you. That's that's the that's the golden mile. I like that idea, Felix. I'm very much liking that idea. <laughs> Now, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we kind of get into the meat of this is that I've really been enjoying your presence on social media and kind of how casual you are with your audience. You know, your Spotify bio, your TikTok bio, all talk about getting sandwiches from how many streams of music you have. You're talking you're talking about the crushes you have with guys you went on hikes with, you know. It's so honest and personal. How do you, I mean, you're cringing, you're cringing over the mic, I can hear it. But, you know, how do, how do you go about being that honest with an audience? How do you let loose? I, uh, I don't know. So this whole, like, this whole artist thing, I don't know. I very much accidentally fell into it. Like, I think I always, there was a part of me that once I pursued pop music, I always wanted to be, like, a songwriter. But then just things happened in my life that I just thought, oh, I'll just put it out. And then I was like, wait, I just don't want to link it on Facebook now. Like, I want to actually, like, try and put some effort behind it and, like, see where it can go. But, like, because of that, like, I never really thought of presenting myself as, like, this very polished idea of myself. I'm just very much myself at all times. And I was cringing because it's... It's like, I don't mind it. I don't like, that's like, I love it when I put, be myself and I just put that out there on the internet. But like in platforms such as TikTok, it's very funny when, like, for example, I was just on, um, if I go on dating apps and I like, and someone's just like, oh, aren't you the guy from TikTok? I'm like, no, (laughs) not again. No, as in like, I just specifically in that way, like I, you, when, when you present yourself on dating apps, right, they know nothing about you. You're supposed, you'll get, you get an even level playing field. You let, you get to let out as much information as you want. And then you just, but now they know this whole vulnerable, like cringy, just like all at it side of me, which I don't know. I'm unapologetic, unapologetically myself as well when I'm just presenting myself to the world to like try and like get them to listen to my music or just enjoy my presence. But 
oh, it's just funny. It's it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, there's there's a level of cringe factor to doing anything publicly because if you do anything and then have to look back on what you've done, like just stop, keep it away from me. I don't want to think about oh it. Oh my gosh! But at seriously. the same time, I think it's probably arguably useful training for a career in in the arts because you do have to put yourself out there. Really, you've got the upper hand here. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Like, I think. I think it depends. I think some people really like to like curate an image of themselves and put and then put that out there. But I feel like yeah. I really don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just very much being very loudly myself because that's all I know how to do, you know? And I feel mm. like and it's really funny because I even like when I look at TikTok and like people and like the numbers and everything, like every time that I'm trying to be funny, it like doesn't do well or like comparatively doesn't do well but when i'm just very much as being myself like people react really well to it yeah people do kind of have that instinct for comedy i guess the next thing i wanted to kind of poke at was you were a finalist in the 2020 that one song contest that tones and i put on uh, with typhoon which was a song that in the same respect is like very very personal talking about (laughs) the story of a friendship that kind of collapsed you know i guess part of it is as you say that very authentic uh, putting yourself out there and you know as you say people kind of almost have a bit of a radar for authenticity when it comes to you know stuff that you share online how do you break that barrier and with something like a song which you have to refine and work on over and over and over again not second guess yourself out of being like you know what i don't really want to tell this story look there is there is definitely a part of me that was definitely cringing at the thought of other people hearing this story and especially the person that I was writing about, I was just like, oh, I don't want him to have the satisfaction. Like, how dare he? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's even more embarrassing because I, like, literally wrote a whole EP about the situation, but it was very traumatic to me. And, but, like, you know, it's just like, oh, a whole EP is about this one man. Ah! Yeah, but yeah. it's not just about, it's not really about him. It's more about, like, the way that I'm framing it is, like, the weight of how it affected me and how it, that also happened mm. to be my coming out moment and how I also, like, managed to just it inspired me and like had this huge moment of creativity to like write this pop EP that I'm literally putting out in late August, like, like the last three singles in the last uh, year or two. And now I'm putting out an EP and I think, God, I'm really going in circles with this answer. (laughs) I'm trying to think about how to answer it. So I've had this moment where I thought, where I thought about putting music out in itself. I think you try and if you try and write something where you think that's what other people want to hear and then if it doesn't receive well, you get really bitter because you're like, well, I didn't even want to say that anyway. I was just writing it because I thought people wanted to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think I think what I've come to the conclusion is like, if I'm able to tell something that, that I can stand behind and, you know, because this is so authentically my story, even if it doesn't get the reception that I was hoping for, like I can stand behind it because this creatively was what I envisioned in my head and the story itself was so true to, to me. Like it, it's actually what happened. And so that's how I can stand behind it because it's so personal. Because even though it is very exposing um, to the world, there's also there's there's a bit of me that's just like, well, what's the point? Like you either go personal or you go very yeah conceptual. You know, you 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 go really conceptual and have a really strong concept. And I I think I gravitate is it's easier for me to write just from personal, direct, honest. Uh, lyrics. Yeah, I think the other thing that's kind of really fun about that is we're seeing a big wave of major artists, pop artists like yourself, who are out there telling queer stories now that, you know, gay marriage is allowed, now that we're starting to have bigger acceptance movements for it all. 
Mm. You know, how important is it to you to be a part of that journey publicly? Why put yourself out there in the queer space and, you know, make a stand for it? Oh my God, this is, it's so important. Like the, one of the reasons that I'm still putting music out and standing behind my artist project now is because I just really imagine like if I saw someone like myself, like doing this when I was really struggling with accepting my sexuality when I was a teenager, that would have just helped me so much. Like, I mean, I know things are already changing that, like, for example, Sam Smith and Troy Savant exist. But like when I was growing up, they, they didn't. They only came into the spotlight, like, as I started to enter adulthood, I feel. Yeah. And even then there are like some artists from, you know, years ago who kind of retroactively the press are accepting that they were queer all along. Yeah. It's like, you know, now having that kind of reinterpretation is, you know, I guess making it easier for people. I think it's just, it's, it's really important to just really embrace who I am. And even as a person, I think as a journey, as a human being, even I have a few queer friends and from high school that we just happen to like, end up in a friend circle which is really funny no one no one knew but out of every one of them i think i had the most self-hatred self-loathing and longest journey to accepting and embracing who i am and that's almost also explains why i'm so authentically myself in my music because i spent so much of my life trying to change or hide who i was and i'm just so tired about that narrative that I almost like go the opposite now where I just like am fully myself with like no inhibitions of like disclosing any information which sometimes almost bites me in the back I need to learn how to not overshare as well but (laughs) it's like it's but yeah it's real it's so important like not only for myself but just to like just to have that voice you know otherwise you know it's 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 cool that independence now that can can really just push yourself out there and try and carve a space for yourself because if you really are like waiting for someone to support your to to elevate you so if you're really waiting for like those gatekeepers to come to you those gatekeepers rarely take chances because they just they go by whatever has been safe financially they go by what makes money and it's going to be the same people i mean to be frank they're just the same like straight white people you know yeah and so like because their stories are safe that's what sells in australia but that's my thing with my issue with that is that's not an accurate representation of who is in the population you know at least for like like the the numbers and the people up there aren't representative of who's actually in the community you know and that's why people like of from all diverse backgrounds or diverse stories who don't come from a place of as much privilege need to just push to just keep pushing for their voices to be heard and tell their stories because it's important because our stories are just as valid and otherwise people growing up who who aren't hearing those stories feel like maybe their stories aren't important but everyone's story is important. Yeah, no, I think really one interesting point you kind of touched on in there is the self-hatred. And like the story I wanted to share there is that like I had a friend who just this week, you know, reached out to me and was talking about their kind of newfound queer experience. And I was like, you're the same guy who like 10 years ago was roasting me for talking about this stuff. But like now 10, 15 years later, they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm bi. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of internalized self-hatred that you were talking about, like can come out against other people in the community, which is why it's so important to have 100%. these voices out there. And it's, 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 hun- it's like a hundred percent projection as well. Like even when I was in the closet and I saw some of my friends um come out, like, because I was still in the closet, like, 
if I saw some things I didn't personally uh, resonate with, like I started projecting and like maybe saying negative things or like behind their back or anything. But that's because I hadn't accepted myself. And I mean, not only is that like a personal thing, but more so the idea of representation is important because I was projecting because I was scared that when I came out, I would attract those qualities of that certain gay friend because the representation was so little because that's what I saw. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't want that to be me. And that's, and even though there's something you can do about that yourself and learning that like your sexuality doesn't define you, but what would have also helped is that if there were representation of all types of queer people, not just the ones that are like, that have been elevated in the media that are like a certain trope and stereotype. Yeah, like the mainstream's always going to be a little bit behind because the mainstream has to have like a kind of mass learning curve where people on the ground level who have a bit more freedom to operate independent artists and stuff kind of can have that additional reach because of the flexibility that affords them. Yeah, like I I think even when I was seeing a therapist first about my coming out moment, she was just like, "So you really don't have a gay role model?" Like and I'm like, "No." And she's like, that's so sad. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you, you really don't see anyone who's in their like 40s or 50s as a, who's an openly gay man living a life that you want. And I'm like, no, that, I mean, maybe he exists out there, but I just don't know of such a person. And obviously that's why it took, like, that's another reason why it took so long to just learn to accept myself because that's, once again, there's just no representation, you know, like. Yeah. And so you have to kind of figure out that journey on yourself, unfortunately. And that's why hopefully through everyone just pushing, I mean, arts is the easiest, one of the easiest ways to push for representation. But like, you know, that's why it's important for everyone just to tell their story as unique as it is. Yeah, definitely. I think before we move on from 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 queer topics, I just did want to say that this entire conversation has had while Jeff has had like amazing by lighting behind him over the Zoom call here. <laughs> and I'm just I'm incredibly jealous of it. I just wanted to let you know at home that that's what's going on here. That, that, that I'm that I'm a purple figure. That I'm Gamora. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess the next thing I wanted to touch on, you know, with you striving to be Australia's next pop prince, pop <laughs> these days has such a defined, clean, well-produced sound that typically when you hear on the radio comes from millions of dollars of studios. But the thing that really, you know, impressed me listening to your catalog when I was first introduced to your music was how well-produced it is for what is a relatively small project. You know, how do you go about competing with that massive studio sound with a small team and some Zoom collaborations? Oh my gosh. I feel like the the comparison never ends, to be honest. But in the beginning, you kind of just make do with what you have, because if we're going to be honest, like a lot of, you don't really need all that equipment anymore to have a song that does commercially well, because there's mostly because of exceptions. Um, I can't really list them off the top of my head, but like so many songs that I've like charted or whatever have just been recorded on like a crappy mic or like it was like a project where someone just like recorded something in their closet while they were like on vacation. And then, I mean, technology is crazy nowadays. Like I can record something on my very like uh, beginner to mid tier microphone and I can just send it to my producer and he can just do the best he can with it. And it sounds like it doesn't like at the end of the day, when I compare them to the multi-million dollar things, like you obviously can hear a difference if you really look for it. But 
it's pretty minuscule. But the problem is once you do hear it, then you start feeling like you're missing out. So like even for my next project, I'm starting to think like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should pay that extra $500 per song to get it mixed. But it's just like, it's just an extra 10%, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. But I, I think when you're just starting out, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think the thing that's come up a few times on the series so far is that, like, you know, out, out the gate, kind of the songwriting is more important. You know, you can have a mediocre mix and a really well put together song. There are huge AAA albums that have come out with absolutely garbage sounding mixes that have done really well because the songwriting's still there. And it's almost kind of an incentive for independent artists to still work on the refining that part of their practice before they can afford the bigger sound. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think definitely like genres like alternative and bedroom pop can much more get away with like mixes that are a bit dodgy because that's kind of like kind of trendy anyway to like even when people would like record high quality bedroom pop it would they'd try and probably mix it to make it sound like it was made in a bedroom like so there's an advantage into that itself but I guess like the music that I make is a little bit more like clean cut pop so it's it's a, yeah. it's a, it's, it's a funny time. Like it's very much, I, I have a budget and I'm just very much like, cause you know, I'm not making money. I'm not making money from this yet. Yeah. How many sandwiches a, a song? Oh my goodness. I probably, I, I probably can buy 12 now from all my streaming royalties, <laughs> but look like it's, yeah, it's definitely like, it's definitely an investment of my time, money and, but it's, but it's cause I love it right now. You know, I just, I still love it and I'm going to keep doing it until I stop loving it but maybe that will never happen you know and it's I think it's just important to just follow it because it makes me happy yeah and you mentioned one of the producers you work with is over in Hungary you said right yeah I met yeah I mean how how do you get in touch with those people and you know what's so exciting about being able to work with people on the other side of the planet to kind of find your sound so I didn't this situation I did meet him in Sydney in person like he was a friend in Sydney but he like his visa expired so he had to go back he worked here for a few days but because we had established that relationship and I'm just a, I would say that I'm a tech savvy person. Like I would be able to record to the best of my ability and send it over the internet. And so because I can do that, we, it's, it's really cool. You know, like we just workshop ideas back and forth and then have like calls and then like Google docs and everything. And it's, it's a bit different because you can't be in the same room crafting the sound. But like, I guess because I have a strong vision, I can always redirect it that's very helpful for online stuff. Yeah, I guess the, uh, the the closing thoughts that I have is that I don't know whether it'll be out by the time this interview goes to air, but it could be. You have an EP coming out soon. Can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect from it? I do, I do. Um, it's called Typhoon, which is eponymous of the first single off it. So far, I've put out three singles off it, Typhoon, Good Friends, and Possibility, which I just put out. The whole EP is a chronological, I think, six-track pop journey of my coming out moment which we mentioned before was I basically caught feelings for an old high school friend of mine Mm. and he just didn't take it well and we both were just emotionally stupid and so we just kept blowing up at each other but it just got really messy and then friends got involved and then I like had a basically public outing almost like an outing coming out moment and that was not good and so I wrote a whole thing about that because I was just so shooketh about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's what it means to me. And so that's really exciting because it's also like the debut of my pop sound because everything I put up before was like me trying to find my sound and maybe laying down acoustic stuff. But this is like 
the beginning. Yeah, and it's exciting. Well, Jabba, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Gig Ready this week. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. As we head towards the end of the show, we have your latest single possibility off that EP that we were talking about playing us out. We will have links up on the podcast if anyone wants to find all of your things. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Felix. Had so much fun. Fuck me, fuck me You have answered all my presents